and we are live. So today, I'm, I'm actually really excited about this episode. I'm always excited about the, the guests that we have on, but I'm excited because uh, we connected like a, a week ago. Um, yeah. You know, I, I put out a call in the junk removal groups asking, you know, who, who should I have on the podcast? I've had some some awesome guests recently, and you jumped in. Uh, Taylor, Taylor, my guest, uh, jumped in. I'll introduce him here brief, uh, you know, shortly. But um, then he sent me this video, which was hilarious, um, about explaining a little bit about his story. Um, so I'm excited. This is going to be a good conversation. So guys, welcome Taylor uh, to the podcast. Taylor Chastain of Up, Up and Away Junk Removal. Uh, we're going to have a good yep. chat here. But Taylor, if you want to just give people a quick idea of who you are, where you are, maybe start with where you are, and then we'll get into some of the who you are. Uh, but just give people a, a quick intro on you, and I'll, I'll share this out to a few of the groups, too, to get some some engagement there. Sweet. Um, yeah, so thank you so much for having me on, Lewis. I'm really uh, excited to get to do this. First of all, I love podcasts. I'm a podcast junkie. Um, I imagine that's probably why you are getting to have success in this sort of field, because as you know, as uh, a junk man, you can't make money. That's This is not totally true. But it feels like you can't make money unless you're in the truck. Um, of course, the people who learn how to make money out of the truck are the ones that really, you know, seem to have have a really good time with it. But all of that to say is spending years and years of my life in the truck, podcasts were like everything I listened to. Because as much as I like music, I am a musician and everything, like it just gets old after a while. So having new content and, find, you know, taking that found time and learning something to me was way more beneficial than just being entertained while I drove around for 10 hours. Um, sure. So I really am uh, really glad to be on. I'm based out of Atlanta, uh, North Atlanta. Um, the city we're based in is called Kennesaw. Um, and there's really uh, about five cities all right here next to each other that constitute right around a million people. Um, and so, and that's outside of the Atlanta city limits. And so um, I've just been hauling trash around here for a long time. Um, and we can get into how I got into it and how the business grew and all that sort of stuff, you know, a little later, but yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at. I love it, man. Yeah, no, I was actually chatting with uh, William Berg earlier this week, and he said you guys have uh, have talked a few times back and forth and, and collaborate. So it's pretty cool to, to see that all happen. Absolutely, so, yeah. Yeah. So so we are live. Um, we're live on Facebook. It's on YouTube as well. Um, so I'm going to see comments as they come in. So if anybody's watching and wants to ask questions or just just engage with the um, podcast as it's being recorded live, if you're listening to it after, obviously you can't engage with us. Um, but we already have a comment here saying uh, someone said they went to Kennesaw State. So that's, that, uh, let's see. Oh, they went to Kennesaw State. Well, it'd be great if I knew who it was. Yeah, uh, to I, be fair, inside the group. So sometimes it masks the name. Oh, nice. To be fair, I uh, um, I probably wouldn't know them anyways because Kennesaw State has gotten huge. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I went to Kennesaw State as well. Um, I actually have a degree in psychology. Um, so I went a pretty, uh, different route than I feel like, uh, most junk hauling people go. Um, you know, and so, yeah, my background is in psychology. I worked at a church for five years, um, in student children's ministry, and then also doing community outreach work, doing community events, trying to, trying to help people. And so that really has been the focus of my life so far. I'm not that old, so I don't know how to say focus of my life if I mean that for like forever. But I really think that that helping people, that's the thing that drives me. Um, I just happen to be big enough and strong enough to be able to help people by moving junk. And so that's what I'm doing. Um, and I really, uh, I really enjoy that. Um, I think it's a, I think it's a really special thing we get to do for people because 
um, is something that most people can't, can't, you know, they would have no idea how to approach it on their own. Whereas when I come in and say, Hey, we just did 10,000 pounds out of your house. They go, Oh my gosh, how could you ever have done that? I'm like, took like six hours. It was great. That's just another day on the job for us. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's Brandon, Brandon, he just commented. I appreciate you commenting, Brandon. So it's Brandon. Uh, he's, uh, he's down your area too with, uh, with a, a power washing company. So that, that's exciting. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Appreciate you popping in, Brandon. So you, Brandon. um, to, to, to bring people up on like exactly where you are right now, you are like newly fatherhooded. Like you've just yes. joined the ranks, right? Yeah, 15 days in and uh, she's still alive. My wife is still alive. We're still married. So everything really is going well. Can't complain. Can't ask for much more than that. <laughs> yeah. Can't yeah. ask for much more than that. I love it. I love it. So let's go back um, to, you know, kind of let, let's kind of recap that video you sent me because um, I, I thought it was hilarious and, and I, I was excited because I knew, I knew this would be a fun conversation. But where did this all start? What, what, you know, you just mentioned you had to have a degree in um, psychology. Why junk calling? How did this all come about? Right. So uh, for me, um, it started really, it all started because my dad um, is an entrepreneur. My dad has never had a W-2 a day in his life, which you're Canadian. So maybe W-2 doesn't mean anything to you, but it means he hasn't had, you know, he's never worked for anybody. He's always worked yeah. for himself. Yeah. And, uh, and so um, I was like, man, I really want to be like my dad. My dad's my hero. I'm, I'm very thankful to, um, as the older I've gotten, my dad has become more my hero and not less. Because for most men, it's the opposite. Yeah. And so I'm very thankful for that. And so starting at, well, starting really at 15 years old, I figured the last thing I want to do is have to go sling fast food. So I started teaching guitar lessons. Um, I've got like, I've got a wall of guitars right here. And that's, like that's my whole jam. Started doing that. That uh, you know took me four hours a week, so I figured I got more time. So I started doing landscaping on the side. I quickly found out that landscaping is terrible. I mean, it's just not any fun at all, uh, especially when you find out that you're allergic to grass. I had no clue, and that's so I would go cut that's a yard. Cool. Not good at all. Oh, dude, I would cut a yard. I would hop in my truck. I'd break out in hives, and I'd go to the next job. And I was like. This is terrible. So, anyways, one of my junk or one of my uh, landscape clients called me up, said, "Hey Taylor, we just got our toilets redid. Can you take these four toilets from our house, put them in your truck, take them to the dump? We'll give you twenty bucks, and uh, the twenty bucks will pay your dump fee and it'll buy you lunch." And seventeen-year-old Taylor is like, "I'm already going to be at your house cutting grass. Sign me up for that." And so, um, loaded them up, <clears throat> rolled over to the dump for the very first time in my life. Uh, Pulled up in there, backed in, threw the toilets on the ground, and boom, they shattered. And my immediate thought was, whoa, that was fun. And my second thought was, I bet I could get paid for that. <laughs> and so for me, man, it's been junk hauling ever since then. I finished out that season with the clients, which here in Georgia, I mean, the, the landscape season lasts until November because we, like, don't have real winters here. Uh, our winter is like somebody left the fridge door open, and that's all you get. <laughs> and so, um, so I just toughed it out to November. I didn't want to leave anyone high and dry. Um, but after that, that was 2014. Uh, after that, it had been all junk hauling. And uh, for a long time, I just did it as a side gig, just trying to make some money in college, make some money while I was working at the church. Uh, cause Lord knows you don't make any money working at the church. And so, um, yeah, I did that. And then, um, really just kind of all word of mouth, not a lot of strategy. I had to go through a branding change because I realized my old brand was never going to be anything ever. Um, what was your old brand? Or do you want to leave that in the past? Oh, no, it's Chastain Junk Calling. It just doesn't mean anything. 
Gotcha. If I tell you Chastain junk calling, you're like, oh, it's just another guy who has a truck and whatever. But I realized, one, I can't sell that because nobody's ever going to buy Chastain junk calling. Two, when I say the words Chastain junk calling, it doesn't mean anything to anybody other than he's a trash man. And so, um, so that I, in 2019, I totally rebranded, came up with Up, Up, and Away. And I realized, you know, as soon as you say Up, Up, and Away, automatically there's kind of that superhero kind of theme going Wait on in the back shoulders. of your head. Exactly. And I figured that that meshes really well with junk calling. I came up with a, you know, a wrong side. I came up with a cute little brand or whatever. I paid a buddy 50 bucks to do my logo for me and uh, we were off to the races. And so, you know, who who prompted you to do the the change? Was that something that you kind of realized as you got into it or is it something that someone prompted you to do? No, I just, I realized it on my own. I mean, I literally was, I remember I got the idea for up, up and away in the shower because I feel like that's where ideas always happen. Um, Exactly, because you're not distracted. You're just like sitting there with nothing to do. And so, uh, but yeah, so up, up and away, I I just realized, okay, if I really want to make a shot at having a business instead of having a job, I need to start acting like someone with a business instead of acting like someone with a job. Mm -hmm. And somebody with a job, it really matters that their name is on it. Somebody with a business doesn't care what you call it as long as it pays them at the end of the day. Yeah. And so for me, I realized. That's a mic drop moment right there. (laughs) No, I'm serious because I I talk to so many people um, who it's a job. And and this is something as a business owner myself, like we've got Mm -hmm. uh, the junk removal business, but you know, the main gig is, is, you know, marketing and I know how to do all this stuff, but I can't scale the business. I can't truly serve more people. Like our mission is to help as many people as possible. Um, So same as you, you've got to step back and have systems. You've got to have people that do it. And you've got to think like a business owner, not like an, you know, an employee who's paying themselves and carrying all the stress and everything too. So guys, like yeah. if you're listening, guys and girls, like take this away and just like go and implement that. Cause that, that's something I'm working through right now, actually. Well, and, and let me encourage you cause it is, it is really hard. And I stayed in the truck for a long time and I mean, and I'm still, I'm still on the, on the fence where um, if one or two people get sick, I'm back in the truck. So I'm not saying that I've made it. Um, but what I am saying is it, it is uh, it is it is way worth it uh, if your goal is to run a business and not just have a job. If your goal is to have a job and to just make some money, that is okay. That's totally fine. It's okay to have a job running junk. And honestly, there are some upsides to it. Like uh, if 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 I if it's myself and a helper in a truck, we can do eight to ten jobs a day. My crews most of the time can't do eight to ten jobs a day unless they're just little quick ones. Um, it just doesn't work that way. And so there are advantages, but really the long-term strategy is to, to grow, to grow a business and not just have a job. That's huge. Yeah. I, t- I took that side, side uh, journey there. I know you're going to head into, um, you know, talking about going on from, from 2019 and everything, but so, so you rebranded and what was that a hard thing to do? Were you just kind of going, when, when did you kind of go full time into this? Sure. So it wasn't too hard because, you know, most of what I was doing was uh, word of mouth anyways. And so it was still like, we're just going to call Taylor. It doesn't matter what he calls his company. And so it wasn't too hard. And that was summer of 2019. And I still was part time. So I was about 20 to 30 hours a week in the junk business. And I was about 30 hours a week at the church. Um, But what I liked was, is as projects came in at the church, I could chill the junk business out for a week. And as things slowed down at the church, I could just ratchet it up and it was no big deal. Um, summer of 2020 is when I actually made the the jump into really uh, full-time doing junk hauling. I quit working at the church 
um, through a couple of different things there. Um, but basically they, they kind of gave me the ultimatum because they wanted a full-time staff in the church. And they just said, you either need to be full-time and quit the junk hauling business. And for them, full-time was 45 hours a week. So I was like, first of all, what else am I going to do the rest of the time? But second of all, <laughs> you know, I, I was like, I, I can't live. <laughs> I can't, I was, I had just gotten married. I was like, I can't live on what I'm making at the church, but I can live on what I'm making junk hauling. And so, um, so that with a couple other factors, you know, for me, um, it really opened my eyes to the fact that I could help people uh, anywhere I was. I realized that during COVID, I prayed with more people on their driveways and in their garages than I prayed with them at church. That's cool. That's Isn't cool. that wild? Yeah, yeah. And, and so, I mean, if my goal is really to help people and take care of people, um, there's no reason that my title has to be the defining factor of that. Why wouldn't my actions just be the defining factor of how well I'm taking care of people? That's cool. That's amazing, man. That's awesome. So, so you get, um, so, so you kind of go full time. And what was the journey after that? Like, was it you and a helper still part time? Like, when you were part time, did you ever have anybody helping you? Because some jobs are pretty hard to do by yourself. Yeah. So, when I was part time, I had people helping me a lot. And most of the time, it was just pulling in buddies and whoever I could find. And <clears throat> um, I am, I, uh, so most of the time, I had a helper with me. Most of the time, it was like my roommate or whoever, you know, was around. Um, but then, so starting, uh, you know, April, April of 2020, I knew I was going to be going full time. So I started ramping it up then ramping it up then, but I had some commitments with the church. And so, uh, July of 2020 is when I was finally full time in by, um, it was either August or September. I made my first full time hire. Um, that's a big jump. That is. Um, if, if it's, uh, especially when you make your first, first full time hire, that's like a W2 person. And you got to start thinking about like workers comp and you got to start thinking about like, All okay, this, this guy's married. He wants to have a kid. He's got to put food on the table for his family. Like it's a lot different than just having a couple of 1099s that you kind of skirt under the radar and you say, oh, you have your own workers comp, right? And everyone goes wink, wink. And, and that's it. Um, so then, um, so that was either September, October. I don't remember. November, I bought him a truck um, and we started picking up some more helpers. Um, and then fast forward to now, we're up to two trucks, four trailers. Um, and we do, uh, we're about to add another one actually. And we've got, uh, five guys in the field, one lady in the office, and then myself, um, keeping, keeping the show running. And so, you know, we're not a, we're not a, we're not a crazy huge team, but we pretty consistently do 85 to hundred jobs a month. And we're able to take care of a lot of people. Um, and by, by the end of the year, I think we'll consistently be at three trucks running full time. That's phenomenal, man. So now, now we get to the the questions that everybody's asking, you know, in the groups, you know, in the conversations with myself. As you scaled up, you know, you went, obviously, word of mouth was strong. People believed in you. But as you scaled up, you had to get more jobs coming through. How did, did you scale up because you were getting more jobs coming through? Or did you have to kind of pay attention to the fact that, hey, we need a really steady um, situation of jobs coming through? Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely had to work for it. I mean, I'm thankful that I'm thankful that it has been rare that there has been ever more than a couple of days where I was like, dang, we don't have any jobs. Cause that's a really bad feeling, especially when you have a payroll and it's more than just you. It still hurts when it's just you, but it just like extra hurts when you have a payroll. And um, so I'm very thankful that it has been, it has been not that much truly when it comes to uh, the way my faith has grown uh, as a business owner, there have been, there totally have been nights where I'm like, God, I don't have any work. You got to help me out. My guy's got to work. And boom, the next day I get 10 calls and I'll book eight of them and we're good. Um, but but during that process, ramping it up, it was really, for me, it's always been about networking um, because 
um, realizing, you know, getting out there and communicating, hey, I'm here to help. I'm here to help people. I'm here to help out whether in a business capacity. We also, uh, one of our core values is open-handedness, basically meaning service. And so every time I go to a networking event, I'm involved in all the business association chambers. You know, I do closed networking, open networking, all the stuff. And, uh, but if I find an organization that's, you know, um, a nonprofit or whatever, I tell them, hey, we have hours set aside where if you need muscle, we've got it and we'll give it to you for free. And I set aside profits to be able to pay my guys to go volunteer. And so like every Thanksgiving, like last Thanksgiving, we moved 10,000 pounds of food for somebody for an organization that was um, providing food to a thousand families in our, uh, in our county here. And so we just dedicated a trailer. That's, and sometimes that's the advantage of having an enclosed trailer. You're not really going to run junk jobs in it, but you can do lots of other beneficial things. Uh And so, yeah, we, we, you know, we do stuff like that. Um, But really growing the network um, through those things and then starting to ramp up. Can you, hold the ramp up thought. Um, can you get specific for people? What is networking? Because I understand it because um, it, it's okay. one of my favorite things to do. Um, like we're networking right now. Um, yeah. And there's, you know, there's Chamber of Commerce, there's BNI groups. What specifically can someone do who's listening if they're like, I hear networking all the time. I hate talking to people. I think, it, you know, networking is a lot easier when you like talking to people. But what can people yes. specifically do to connect with people and show value instead of just, hey, I'm desperate for junk jobs? Yeah. That's uh, what I always try to do is my quote unquote pitch um, is always about how can I help you achieve your goals? So for instance, I was at a networking lunch before this for the West, West Cobb County Business Association. Cobb County is, is our main county that we work in. Um, and I ran into a realtor there and every junk man ever goes, ha, realtor, you know, because we're like, yeah, we want to work for those guys. But immediately what I started talking to him about was, I said, yeah, do, do you know that the biggest hindrance, the biggest thing that sells a property uh, before anybody ever sees it is what? The photos. Okay, obviously. Good photos make all the difference. Well, a photo with junk in it will hurt the listing more than a photo showing the defects of the house. Because at least if a photo shows the defects of the house, the buyer knows exactly what they're getting into. When all you see is a photo of a room that and it's full of junk, the buyer has no idea what the house looks like under the junk. And so they're just going to pass. They don't even want to go see it. And so what I said to him is I said, you know, have you experienced this where you have, have people who say, oh, just take the photos anyways, and you, you're holding your nose doing it, and then the house doesn't get what it really should? I said, yeah, man, absolutely. I said, dude, I would love to help you make more money and get more money out of the house. I just solved his problem. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I didn't ask him for work. All I did was solve his problem of making his listing the best listing it can be and getting the most money for his clients and therefore him because he works on commission. Yep. So that, you know, that the, the business networking associations and the chamber events, a lot of those are open networking. What open networking is, it means anybody can turn up and it's just a free for all. You talk to who you talk to and so be it. Um, I like those. Those are great. I think uh, junk hauling is particularly beneficial. Uh, can particularly benefit from those because the level of trust that is required to hire a junk hauling crew is very low Uh Uh because like at the end of the day, the junk will be gone. Like no matter who you hire, pretty much a lot of ways you can really mess up a junk removal job. Absolutely. There's a lot of ways you can mess it up, but um, for the most part, even if somebody doesn't text when they're on the way, they don't give a confirmation, they show up two hours late, they, their truck is totally thrashed. Everybody's got holes in their outfits. They talk where you can't understand them, whatever. They can still probably remove the junk. Yeah. 
And especially if the junk's like in the garage, they can probably do it without hurting anything. And so it's like the bar is super low. Yeah. And so what I do, like I was, I was sitting there today and somebody said, hey, you want to go ahead and get a seat? I said, actually, I don't. I always sit down last of these events. They're like, why? Don't you want to get the food? I said, no. I said, I want to walk up and down the food line and make sure I talk to everybody. While everybody else is preoccupied with food, I'm trying to figure out who I can help. I love and it. so, and so, you know, that's open networking. Closed networking is something like BNI. Do you guys have that in Canada? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know it's all over, uh, you know, America. We have a group here in uh, Atlanta specifically to this region called PowerCore that's similar to it. Um, and I'm, there's plenty of other closed networking groups, but that's where you have one seat per category. Um, I've gotten a lot of business out of that. I've been doing that. I did it on and off for a while um, back when I was part-time. And then I've been in it now for about a year and it has been huge. I mean, there's, there's months where it's t where that one, you know, that one and a half hours a week is 10 to 15% of my monthly sales. Wow. wow. And so it's awesome. I highly recommend that someone get in there. Um, as a, as a junk hauling person, the, the, the top one or two objections I get is I have to be there every week. Yeah, you do have to be there every week. Um, something's ringing. Is that me or you? Oh, hang on. Worky's in the background. I thought I, I thought I got all the, all the things. No um, so, um, but yeah, the, a big objection is number one, I have to be there every week. You know, what if I have to be on a job? Okay. Well, if you're at a business networking association, you should be thinking, okay, I'm building a business. I'm not building a job. So you either find somebody else or you schedule the job for a different time. Cool. The other thing is a lot of these have rules about how you do things, how you say things. You have, have to go to a continuing education class or any of these kind of things. To say like, I know how to talk about junk. Why do I need to jump all through all these hoops? It's not about the hoops. It's about showing that you can play by the rules. Because if you can prove that you can play by the rules, your credibility goes way up um, in the eyes of everybody else in the group. A great example is we've got a lady in a group that I'm in who runs a, a marketing, a digital marketing agency. And for a long, she's been in PowerCore for 15 years. Okay. Wow. And, oh yes. And same group, same team, same group, 15 years. She does a lot of business out of PowerCore. And so when somebody shows up for three weeks and then says, oh, I haven't even talked to her. She hasn't sent me any leads yet. Well, of course not. She doesn't know if she doesn't, you know, know who's sticking around or who's flying through. She doesn't know who to trust or not to trust. And she is the cornerstone of that team. She's not going to stick her reputation on somebody she's only known for three weeks. Uh -huh. So it really does, you know, involve, you know, playing the game by the rules, showing up, being consistent, answering your phone, returning every call, returning every email and being a trustworthy, reliable person, um, even in the small things, because then that opens the door to the big things. That's a biblical principle, right? Whoever's entrusted with little will then be trusted with much. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's a long-term game. I, I love that you laid that out about, you know, it's not about all the stuff you have to do, it's what you get to do to show people that you are, you know, you're, you're part of the team, you're there to play by the rules, you're gonna, you're gonna provide the service that they expect when they need it. Absolutely, absolutely. And then I'd say beyond that, you know, where you start blurring the lines between networking and marketing is uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Facebook blurs that line. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a good blur because Facebook's the perfect place for both. And so do I run Facebook ads? Yes. Do I post in groups? Yes. Do I interact in groups? All the time. Do I use Marketplace? Uh, sometimes it can be kind of sketchy. But, you know, we do the dumpster rental thing. And so that's easy enough to advertise. And, uh, and that's both. The biggest thing is if you know that a client is, has found you through, the, through a Facebook group, 
is instead of saying, hey, can I have your Google review? Because you should have a system asking everyone for the Google review. We've got 200 and something Google reviews right now, and I've only been collecting them for a year. And so, you know, you should have a system that's automatically churning that out. But then if you know somebody came from X, Y, and Z group, then you should say, hey, I know you found me off that group. You're going to get an auto link to the Google. Feel free to ignore that. Instead, could you just uh, go back onto that group and write a little post? Here, let's take a selfie together. Okay, I'll text that to you. Will you just post that? That would go a long way. And then you're using your networking skills on what is otherwise more or less a marketing platform, aside from commenting in groups. And that, to me, is, is a great is a great mashup. I love that. I love that, guys. That is another the the BNI the and that and that little tip. Like there, there's so much power. We were talking just briefly off air. Like there's so much power in getting the social support when someone in those groups is saying, "Hey, I've got you know a, a, a big need. You know, my realtor left me." We, we've run into a few deals where like realtors and, and lawyers and everything left them with you know a bum end of a deal, and they had this massive cleanup. And we got we got tagged like ten times. That goes a long way. Not even if you don't get that one job, everyone else who's searching for junk removal in the in the group later or, or happens to come across it, they see you, and then and there's a little like touch there. You, you know, it's one of your 22 touches that you need to make with a person before they know, like, and trust you, right? So that's huge. I, I love absolutely, that. absolutely, and and those situations where, especially you know, when somebody has been done wrong, and you're the person that comes in and does it right, tell that story, man. I get that. I get that at least once a month where I'll put in a quote and they'll say, Oh, you know, I found somebody cheaper. And cause Atlanta is like a super saturated market when it comes to junk hauling. Yeah. Um, and so I, said, I found somebody cheaper. I said, no problem. I always say, just let me know if I can help you in the future. I mean, no big deal. People say no to quotes all the time. And at least once a month, somebody comes back to me and says, uh, we found a cheaper guy. Uh, he never showed up. And so we're just going to hire you so we don't have to worry about it. I literally just got, I just uh, got an apartment complex clean out on that exact strategy. And when I came out there to requote it, cause it was a, it was a month in between to make sure everything looked the same. He said, Hey, can we also sign up for a, for a contract to just have you come every month? Bingo. Yep. Just gotta be reliable and you got to prove it over time. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's massive. That's cool. Yeah. And, and the, uh, you mentioned about writing up, uh, you know, taking advantage of if you are coming in to help someone talk about your stories, guys, talk about your, I, I had Paul uh, Watsano on there uh, a week and a half ago and he talked about, you know, telling the stories, tell the stories about the people you help say, you, you know, don't be afraid to say, Hey, these people, we went out and quoted them. They, they said they were going to go with someone else. Those people didn't show up. This is up, up and away. This is how we do it. Right. In, in Taylor's case or whatever your, your business name is, do that. We did the same thing with um, the community kitchens here. So we we uh, reached out to them because we're really looking to, we're in a fairly small market. So community is big, right? So like Habitat for Humanity, uh, we work with them, um, the uh, community kitchen, and we did we got them to write up a little thing about us and link back to our website. You know, from a, from a digital marketing perspective, getting people to link back to your website is a big deal. So we actually wrote the article and said, here, do you mind just posting this on your site and linking back to us? One, you know, to for a link, but also if people need stuff hauled to the community kitchen, give us a call. You know, and that, that was kind of the angle of the of the story that we wrote. Um, but it was it, it's entirely around building up your business and don't be afraid to tell people how awesome you are because you are awesome, right? You're, you're doing a job and you're going to do it well every time. So tell people that. So that that's awesome, Taylor. I really appreciate you sharing that. Absolutely. I think you're totally right, man. Share the stories. Share share them. Share them all. I, I mean, I've even. Remember, we had we had one job that that went wrong, quote unquote. We were moving an armoire down a flight of stairs. 
my guys were not thinking and they left the dolly drag. Well, guess what happened to the stairs? Okay. Well, this is a $1.7 million house that's about to go on the market. So that is not cool. Um, within 48 or within 72 hours, I called, I had my flooring guy out there. He, they did a full sand and refinish on the stairs. Wow. Um, I paid for it. The client was super happy. I got my five-star review. And so, because uh, I called her up afterwards, I said, I know this didn't go exactly how you thought it would. But given everything that happened, do you think you got five out of five service? She said, absolutely. Guess what? She's on my schedule for Monday or for Tuesday. That's amazing. We're going to be back out there and see her. I just posted that whole thing on Facebook. I just like, here's what happened. Here's, or I, I didn't. I used it in my power core group. I said, here's what happened. Job went wrong. Here's how it was handled. Job went right. Got a five-star review. Just tell the story. Yeah. People You're, understand the stories. We're humans. Yeah. Um, and, and sharing the fact that you are human. If you only share the good stuff, people are going to wonder, like, are they human? Are they are they actually sharing everything? So that, that's key. So you, I kind of cut you off there because I wanted to, to pivot into the networking stuff. You said, and then you were ramping up. Um, I, I would imagine you were ramping up like advertising and stuff like that is what you're going into maybe? Yeah. And so ramping up advertising was the next thing. Um, and there's, and there's still plenty for me to work on. Like, uh, one of the things I'm working on now is doing blog content, getting, uh, links, links back through to my website and stuff like that. Nice. So I'm actually working on that a lot. Um, but another one has been putting, you know, starting to put actual marketing budget into, um, uh, doing, I do a little bit of print. Um, what I like about print is it's something to remember when you see it on your Facebook. Yep. And it's, it's like. It's like, okay, yeah, but am I going to pay 500 bucks for a magazine a month for that? It's like, well, sure, but that magazine could be, you know, in front of 25,000 eyeballs. And so you're at like 1.6 cents per eyeball or per set of eyeballs. And uh, that's actually not bad, not bad money at all, especially when you consider you're paying, normally you're paying between three and four cents an eyeball for Facebook. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, well, you're already running all these Facebook campaigns. You just like it better because when the jobs slow down, you can turn it off because you're scared which I get it. I've been scared, but the last thing to do when you're scared is to quit marketing. Yeah. yeah. Then how are you going to get the jobs? And yeah. so, uh, but yeah, so ramping up, ramping up that, getting the website uh, going. My website is not the awesomest yet. It's uh, it functions, but it's not very optimized. And so that's, that's on my, on my to-do list for the next couple of months. And I've been learning a lot more about that. Um, and so, it's not a bad idea to get a go ahead. Yeah. Um, so you're running guys like I, I'm all about websites. That's our that's our zone of genius websites right. and SEO and stuff. But I'm also so keen on people doing all the stuff we've been talking about before. You've run your business and built your business on relationships. And at the end of the day, that's what matters. Yes, websites can bring in more leads and Google ads and SEO. But the relationships that you form with those people then turn into future clients, you know, for, turn into referrals, the relationships you so like the, I love this. I, I think this is a perfect example of how you can build a business multiple ways. And then you start bringing it all together. Like you're doing now with, you know, bringing the digital stuff together. You're about to light right. it up. Right. Well, and that, and that really has been, I've even, I've even, uh, I was talking about this. So my dad is a business consultant. That's what he does now. So he's right. got over 40, 40,000 consulting hours under his belt. Um, wow. And a lot of those companies are home service companies. Yeah. Whether it be flooring, landscape, whatever. He does a lot of manufacturing and stuff like that as well. He's done the commercial agriculture and all of that. He's basically a CFO for hire. And so it's it's awesome having my dad in my corner. Um, in your pocket, but, yeah. The pocket, oh, pocket CFO, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even have to pay him. And he makes like a crap ton of money per hour, but I don't have to pay him. It's awesome. You pay him by and, being uh, his son. Exactly. Yeah, I just gave him a grandkid. So he's, he's pretty pumped <laughs> about that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
Um, but uh, that's what we talked about is, you know, it's because as you well know, it is easy for the SEO rabbit hole to be a very expensive rabbit hole. Yeah. And, and it probably, I mean, it should be because it is a huge door that can be swung wide open um, if you're not careful. But it could also be a big old door that like in Star Wars, when the Rancor comes out and the Luke drops the gate, it could be that door if you're not careful. Yeah. You got to yeah. really be precise about who you work with. That's why somebody like you is excellent. Yeah, no, it's scary. I was just talking to someone um, who, uh, well, he posted in the group, so he, he's pretty open about the the thing. But they basically are are at their wits' end because they they've um, they've, they've not had any results from what they were paying for. So it, it, it's crazy to see that. I'm um, back to the back to the print thing though. Um, I'm I'm going to give you a, a little tip here. If you haven't checked out Dope Marketing, um, David Carroll, I've had him on my podcast before, um, so I definitely recommend listening to that. But they do print marketing, so they can do flyers, they can do postcards, all of that stuff, and they can do it really, really localized to your neighborhood. They can also do um, thank you letters that are handwritten by a robot, but it's handwritten with an actual pen. And so you can just crank out uh, automated thank you letters and everything to, to that. So if you're getting into the print side, definitely recommend checking that stuff out. You said gulp, G-U-L-P? Uh, dope, like uh, like oh. the drug, D-O-P. Oh, 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 oh. He actually, you know, dope has double meaning. Like that's dope, man. But he actually was in the drug scene, so he's he's played that um, as a like a something that you know has built him to who he is today. So it's uh, hilarious, it's cool. dude. That's awesome. Yeah, I will I will check that out because I, I love that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I was what I what I really am what I really try to do is I try to lean into what works. And so, you know, what I realize when I'm when I'm looking at my uh, looking at my you know lead reports for every week and every month. I look at them, I say, okay, where, where's all this stuff coming from? Um, one of my best lead generators is a um, local sanitation company because we're independent sanitation out here. It's a local sanitation company that they don't do dumpsters. They don't do junk removal. They run garbage trucks. That's all they do. And so for six years, I've been their guy for anything that their clients say, you know, hey, can y'all handle this? And the answer is no. I've been their guy. Um, you know, I normally am doing between five and 10 jobs a month just from them. That's phenomenal. It's awesome. You know, and obviously, uh, I mean, something like that is so easy. And the fact that, I mean, you know, I take them over at Christmas gifts and I'll, you know, I'll do stuff for their guys and things like that. But like, they're not charging me money per lead. It's all about, you know, you know, here's a good guy who can take great care of our customers, who loves this community and wants to serve it. And yeah. so we are, we're connected through that bond. And I send anybody who wants weekly sanitation, I send them exactly to them. I have no interest in growing into that business. Yeah. Um, they also do pine straw. And so, I, you know, send them to them as well. And now somebody's going to go try and poach them because there's only one company that does pine straw and trash around here. But <laughs> what is pine out. straw? I don't, I don't, uh, I, I'm not familiar with that. Is it like the, the needles picking up the needles? Nice. Yeah. That was a very Canadian thing of you. Um, so especially in the South, it's all pine trees all the time. Yeah. And, uh, but it's literally just the pine needles, but we use it as a, you know, people put down like mulch and stuff. Yeah. We yeah. just use it instead of mulch. Uh, honestly, it's stupid and I hate it. I don't, I don't have it in my yard, but um, I deliver it for clients all the time because if they like it, then whatever. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. That was very committed to me, which I, I, I'm, uh, I'll lean into that. <laughs> yeah. It's great, man. It's awesome. Yeah. No, it's I, cool. uh, I, and I, I, uh, I can be a political junkie too. So I was going to try and talk to you about all that. And then I figured let's just let it be. Well, I'll, I'll pull on my, uh, my, I'm actually a dual citizen. So I was born. Oh, in really? 
Yeah, I was born in New Hampshire and we moved up when I was three. So it uh, cool. I, I still still am a dual citizen. So maybe uh, we'll, we'll see which side of the border I end up on when all this blows over. <laughs> well, uh, if you ever need to come home, brother, just come on home. No big deal. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Awesome. So what what's your um? You, you talked a little bit earlier about uh, you know, looking to have a third truck, but what is your three-year plan, two-year plan? What what, do you, what are you looking to do? Um, just to kind of inspire some people in the group here. Exactly. So, um, you know, I think, I think the number one thing for me that I still, I still struggle with, but I'm really trying to grow in is what we were even talking about a little bit today is the, the whole idea of losers focus on winners and winners focus on winning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is so easy to see what somebody else is doing and to be like, dang, I should be there. I should be past there. I should be better than that. And, and I struggle with that. And I mean, you could ask my wife, like, I see somebody doing well. And on the one hand, I'm like, congratulations. That's awesome. Because I fully believe that there's plenty of garbage to go around. I mean, that's not an issue. Anybody who's been to a landfill once can tell you that. Um, but on the other hand, it's it's hard if you see somebody younger than you doing, doing more trucks, doing more revenue, doing things like that. You're like, dang it, I need to be there. Um, but what I've really tried to focus on is growing, growing what I have and growing in the way that I, that has been working for me. Uh-huh. And so uh, I try to, I try to grow with, with minimal debt. Um, I'll, I'll only take out debt for assets, uh-huh. meaning uh, pretty much equipment. Yeah. That's about it. You know, I'm, I'm not looking for an SBA loan. I'm not trying to dump a hundred thousand dollars into marketing over three years and then pay back my $300,000 loan. I, I'm not trying to do that kind of stuff. Um, partially because um, I'm not trying to be under any money that can't be immediately recovered. If sure. you buy a dump trailer on a loan, you can turn around and sell that dump trailer for more than you bought it for any day of the week. Yeah. I mean, that is almost always the case unless you thrash it. And so, you know, a dump trailer loan is not a big deal. Uh, and, you know, eventually we'll be getting into the the big uh, the big trucks like uh, what JRA makes, like the 1-800 yeah. trucks. Yeah. Um, the reason we don't now is almost all of our work is suburban. And so we just truly don't need to get into tight spots that much. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I don't have to get into tight spots that much, I don't want to have to lift to dock height. I like being able to throw extra tools in the back of the truck and just roll. You know, I like being able to pull scrap metal aside. I don't make a lot of money on scrap metal, but I would prefer to recycle if I can help it. And yeah. so that, that just makes it easy when you got a truck bed, you just throw it all in there, whatever. Um, that's not for everybody. That's not everybody's system, but it works for me. So continuing to grow, um, in a little bit of the conservative way that I have, uh, I think realistically, even you know, even without some massive cash influx, I think we're going to be at between seven and nine trucks in three years. I think right. we're going to be servicing all of Metro Atlanta. My goal is to have um, at least two or three different um, offices across the city, uh-huh. with uh, you know GMs for each region. Uh-huh. And so, my what I my gut tells me is it's going to be probably three to four trucks around our main region. Uh-huh. And then one to two trucks servicing um, in Atlanta. You have Atlanta, the city. The south side of Atlanta is not quite as populated. And uh-huh. so it's it'd be easy to do one in the city, one in the south side. And then there's two big cities or two big areas, uh, northeast and northwest. Yeah. And so, you know, a- approaching to at least three of those four kind of areas would be great. Um, and then developing, developing the... Uh, developing the brand to a point where uh it's it's more than uh you know something that is that is really genuinely recognizable all across the city uh, my goal from there in five to ten years is to start expanding to to other cities um mostly in the south for now 
um, that are demographically uh, similar south or, or uh, well, I'll just say the south. I mean, all the way up to Texas, but Texas all the way up the east coast and things like that. You, mean, you don't the want goal. to go into uh, the crazy winters up here? I do not. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> I really like winter personally, but I, uh, I don't want to fool with that. And not, I, for, I, not for business, because it definitely does slow down for us. I mean, we've done a lot of uh, interior demo work um, over mm -hmm. the uh, over the winter, but it does it does change the dynamic considerably. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, so yeah. I, I want to respect your time. I'm just wondering if you, you know, it, it sounds like you've had a pretty, you know, a pretty decent trajectory here as, as you've built this up. What is like the worst thing that's happened to you in business? <laughs> the worst thing, I'm thankful nothing that bad has happened yet. Amazing. Uh, I was literally having that conversation yesterday of like, uh, the only wreck in a company vehicle I've ever had, I was driving, it was after hours. I have one of my trucks has personal use on it. So it was like, and we were going less than 30 miles an hour combined together. So it was like no big deal. Um, so I'm really thankful for that. Um, we've had some jobs that have gone really sideways. I think this is, might be something fun to talk about. We always talk about pricing in the groups. Always. Always. All the time. Uh, incessantly. is probably Yeah. It's kind of brutal. But look, I don't mind it for the exact story I'm about to share. Because uh, when I was first really getting the ball rolling, I had a realtor um, – who called me for her father's property. Her father was a greatest generation kind of guy, lived through the depression, fought in World War II. I mean, you know, he's 88 years old when we were cleaning out his house. And he was being moved to assisted living um, just because he couldn't do stairs anymore. That was it. I mean, he's still just killing it. Yeah. Um, but growing up in the depression era, he kept everything. And so I went out there and looked at the house, looked at the barn, quoted it. Um, and I was not smart about how I quoted things back then. I just said, this is going to be 1200 bucks and we're going to handle this whole thing for you. No contingencies, no, you know, load quotas, no weight quotas, no I heard the word barn in there. So there's, there's contingencies for sure. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, there would be now, you know, spoiler alert, this would have been like a $4,500 project now. Um, but basically I ended up doing 13,000 pounds over, um, the course of two days, a day and a half. Um, we were told that we would have access to the property through the neighbor's driveway. Uh, he came out and ran us off because apparently the homeowner didn't actually talk to them and just assumed it would be okay. Uh, which is an, another lesson I've learned is to get everything in writing when it comes to right. something like that. And he literally said, if you would have asked permission ahead of time, I would have said yes. But since you're here now without permission, get off my property. Which is fair, I guess. Which is fair, but it's also pretty annoying. Pretty annoying but, for the situation yeah. you were in. Yeah. And, and the problem is, you know, 13,000 pounds is not that much. I mean, I've done 24,000 pounds in one day before and it was like no big deal, but it was 13,000 pounds out of a barn in the back of the property around a pool with no near access. And all of it was little stuff. I mean, a jar of spray paint uh, nozzles. I mean, buckets and buckets and buckets and buckets of nails, cinder blocks lining all the, fin all the fence. Um, you know, we probably, probably 1,500, 2,000 pounds of lumber in the rafters. I mean, just under every, every, everywhere, under every shelf, every nook and cranny was stuff. And when it was all said and done, I made $72 on that job. Oof. Dude, it hurt so bad. Oof. I was furious. I mean, and I am a pretty chill guy. Like nothing really rattles me, but I was furious. And, uh, and I was too scared to ask for more money, which is something I also am not anymore. Uh, but since I didn't have any contingencies, I felt like I didn't have a leg to stand on. Felt like it would be dishonest um, or, or whatever the case may be at the time, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I literally, but what I did do is I attempted to guilt them. So I told them how much I spent in dump fees. 
I told them what I spent in fuel and I told them how much I paid the guys. And so they did the math and they knew what I made. Um, that doesn't account. That doesn't, that's not profit. $72 is what I made as the employee who makes whatever is left over. This is before. Take your, like, take your wife to a nice dinner. Dude, it was brutal. <laughs> now, I mean, granted, this was like four years ago. So I've learned a lot since then. Yeah, um, that's, a, that's a good lesson though. That's a really good lesson. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other one, one is, is making sure you charge enough for when things get really stinky. Um, you know, we've, we've done jobs before where we go in, you know, we've, we have had a client who, who's, um, has had accumulated a lot of stuff over the years and, you know, it's, it's dealing with, um, toilet fixtures that don't work. And when toilet fixtures don't work, uh, people don't stop going to the bathroom. And so you, while we would not deal with anything explicitly biohazardous, you never know what's in every trash bag you're moving. Uh And so, you know, being able to being smart enough to to charge a little extra for that and, and adding some contingencies and paying the guys extra for that sort of thing. Um, and then doing the demo work as well. You know, we do, we do interior and exterior demo, anything not structural in a house. And then obviously like sheds and stuff, whatever, you just knock them down and take them away. Um, but sometimes we, you know, we had a demo project a couple of weeks ago, go just really terribly. We didn't, we still made plenty of money, you know, but it just was a big old suck fest. It was, we were taking up parquet flooring. You familiar with that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It's not fun. Well, it's okay when it's put down the right way because normally it goes down on like that rat chat trap sticky glue and you just kind of pop it. Yeah. Well, this one, the homeowner put in parquet herself and used regular engineered hardwood glue on it. And so literally we just were taking the hammer guns and you could either get the top level of the parquet or you could take the subfloor, but the glue just wasn't an option. And so for for about 500 square feet, it literally took us 10 and a half man hours. Wow. With a, with a hammer gun. Yeah, yeah. Like with tools. That's so brutal. It was awful. That's so, brutal. Well, guys, yeah. I, I know I, I want to respect Taylor's time. This is uh, this has been fun. Uh, I, I hope everyone has enjoyed it. Um, this will be out on the platforms as well. If you didn't catch it here, um, you know, it'll be on all your favorite podcast platforms. Taylor, massively appreciate you coming on. Enjoyed our chat. Is there anything you would leave with, uh, you know, newer, older, or um, anywhere in between junk owners and then, and then we'll wrap it up and just, just wrap up off here quickly. Absolutely. I, uh, the, the biggest things for me, number one is take care of people. I mean, and even if it means you've got a nasty client who's in your face, doesn't matter. Take care of them. Don't walk off the job. Just be a bigger man, be a bigger woman and just handle the problem. Uh, because a good name is more valuable than riches or gold. Right. So Proverbs says, and it's true. Right. Um, and then don't be afraid to, to take the leap. There's always a leap that's coming. Um, as a business owner, the, the first big leap is hiring your first full-time employee. The next big leap is, is it feel what it feels like is giving your business over to a CRM, giving your business over to a software. It feels terrible because you're like, I want this all to be mine. And I mean, I'd be lying if I said that I still didn't get a report with our customer list every month because I have my admin pull it for me just in case. Right. But, um, yeah, be be don't be afraid to take the leap. Get as much good counseling and information and people around you as you can, and then make the leap. If you want to grow, you're never going to do it by tiptoe. No, you got to jump in. I love yeah. it. That is a phenomenal, phenomenal finish up, guys. I hope you enjoyed the stories anywhere from the toilet people. I just thought that was funny when you said it over. Um, so, guys, this is Taylor. Um, you know, you can get in touch with him through the website. You know. Don't uh, harass him too much about pricing, but but I, I've seen him in the groups and, and he definitely jumps in. 
So really appreciate it, Taylor. We'll wrap up here. Uh, just stick around for a second and we'll, uh, we'll chat briefly before we've got to run. Absolutely, man. Thanks so much for sharing your time with me and sharing the platform. And I very much enjoyed it. Likewise. Thank <laughs> you.